there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Wolfgang Klein here, your host, Jack Hartle, your co-host, and I have my fellow sleeper with me. Yes, uh, Julianne Clyde, founder of Beachhead, board member of Covenant House. She's going to join us today because it's, uh, well, uh, Christmas is being kicked off. Black Friday has occurred in America. Uh, Cyber Monday is in front of us. And uh, the Toronto Christmas market, uh, I guess, is up and running. Uh, but throughout the show, we're going to talk again about uh, philanthropy as well. Um, we're very, very fortunate people. We're wealthy people. And I believe we all have to give back, especially this, well, Throughout the year, but uh, it seems that we give a little bit more during this time of Christmas. And again, Jules, by the way, welcome to the show. Uh, as I said, my fellow sleeper, you and I slept on the streets of Toronto for Covenant House, and uh, you kicked me to, to do it. I'm very, very thankful uh, to you for that. Thank you all for your support. You're very welcome. It, it, uh, I think about it, and it just hurts me every time, the pain that people have to experience. Could you imagine sleeping on the streets right now? Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm going to bring you down. I don't want to do that. I want to bring you up first. Well, we'll, I'll bring you down later, folks, okay? But, so let's get in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, we have Matthew uh, Rosenblatt. He's executive director of the Toronto Christmas Market. It seems like the, you know, the type of place that is a good place to kick off the season, eh, Jules? Oh, yeah. yeah. So thank you for joining us, uh, Matthew. Thank you for joining us on the show here, Matthew. <laughs> Tell us all about the Toronto Christmas market, the old who, what, when, where, why. Uh, I guess I know the, the, the what part, but let's go through that. Uh, what's it all about? <laughs> well, uh, Toronto Christmas market is really uh, a holiday festival that's meant to uh, take people from all over the city, bring them into one location, to celebrate the holiday uh, season, uh, celebrate it with your friends, celebrate it with your family, with your coworkers. And you come down here, there's sort of magic in the air. It's um, really sort of that feeling that you once had as a child. It's magical down here, and and it's exciting. And it, although there's a million different things to do down here, uh, what people really love is the romance, and it's an opportunity for them to connect with one another. Where does the event take place? takes place at the Distillery District, runs from November 15th to December 23rd. Um, so you can't do your last-minute Christmas shopping there, folks. December 23rd, you said, eh? That is right. They, the, the distillery itself has uh, 40 different uh, retailers. In addition to that, there's about you know, 20, 30 different art studios and galleries. There's everything from amazing gifts for yourself and other people uh, probably about a, a gazillion different stocking stuff or opportunities. People come down here, whether it's for the main stage, which has about 450 acts, the iconic Christmas tree, which is 50 feet, two kilometers of ribbon, 44,000 lights, about 800 ornaments on it. The kids, there's Ferris wheels, carousels, and of course, Santa Claus um, uh, for the adults. Uh, is the Salvation Army down there with their little bucket collecting money? Sure do. Um, and by the way, uh, you know, I heard you talking about uh, a Covenant House, and we are a nonprofit. Uh, and oh. after we spend uh, the money here and on other uh, winter uh, festivals uh, and activities, we uh, donate to charities. So I, uh, we're going to give some money to uh, Covenant House. Woohoo! I'm going to participate, and I'm going to participate next year by sleeping on the street because that sounds oh oh amazing! Isn't that nice? Connections here. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't steal all of that uh, for yourself. I want to participate. Um, good for you. I must, you know, please, please, the, the more the merrier, my good friend. 
Ry- Ryerson campus <laughs> where we slept is a big, big place. Uh, lots of nice I, big, I think big, it's really, I think it's important. It, it, it is it, important. It's very hard to, to sympathize and empathize unless you are standing at least for a moment in someone's shoes. And, you know, just being able to do it for one night is just one night. But for me, I think that would be a really good start and an, an amazing opportunity. Well, well Jules, Jules looks forward to meeting you next year. Yep. I'm going to get your contact details. So easy, Jack. Don't say, say Jack. No, no, she's easy, <laughs> Jack. Jack, she's don't she's, say Jack. She's got her list. Yeah. She's got her list. <laughs> and, and I'm checking, checking it twice. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, Matthew, please get, get, carry on. The Toronto Christmas Market. Matthew yeah, yeah, Rosenblatt, executive director of the Toronto Christmas Market. Tell us more about it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm never shy with some same shameless self-promotion. No. <laughs> so uh, for, 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 for the adults, uh, on the weekends, you can uh, drink on the streets, meaning that you can carry a, uh, a beer, mulled wine. A little glue wine, a little uh, glue wine, you said? Little, oh, nice. You're very good at this. Hmm. Uh, yeah, from, from, from one patio to the other, walk the streets. <laughs> uh, people might not know, but we have a micro- The, the 12 bars of Christmas, eh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Every, people's jokes are a little bit funnier. People are a little bit warmer. People uh, are quicker to hold hands with a little something-something. Christmas but, really is a spiritual time, and it, it does bring, uh, I think, all ethnicities together, uh, it, it, even in, in its own little way. Uh, it, it is very magical. Wow. I remember spending uh, uh, New Year's in, in, in Austria. Uh, I was skiing in Austria one season, so I went there on the 26th of December, and it was just covered with, with, with Christmas, uh, trees and lights and candles, and uh, it, it was just beautiful. Uh, and people, of course, smile. Um, people are happy. It's cold. It's cold and miserable outside, and people are happy. And one of the amazing things about the Christmas market is, you know, at the beginning when we first started doing this nine years ago, people thought, you know, oh, that's just you know for people who celebrate Christmas. But when you come down here, uh, with the beautiful thing about Toronto, we're a really multicultural city, really diverse. Everyone's coming down to this festival. Everyone's celebrating it either for themselves or learning what other people's traditions are. Uh, and it's really lovely to see a place like everywhere in Toronto where people are welcome. Uh, people can share uh, their cultures and, and uh, their traditions with, with another, and it really makes uh, a place like the distillery at this time of year quite beautiful to see the, the city sharing like that. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't we dress Jack up, and Jack can play Santa. What do you think of that, Jack? Santa Claus? Yeah, myself? you play Santa at the Christmas market. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe, I don't maybe, think maybe, he's maybe old sleep enough. On the, yeah, maybe you sleep on the street again for the next 10 years, and I will. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm late. How about come late at night when our when the day Santa uh, goes and takes his nap, and you can come and be grumpy, grumpy Santa, grumpy Santa. Yeah, I, I could maybe do that. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, so you mentioned Santa Claus. Uh, I have young kids. So what are the other features? I guess that you have there for the kids. What are the other highlights? Uh, well, my kids uh, seem to like everything chocolate and deep fried, and there's an endless amount of that. So there's everything from. Uh, mini donuts that are made on site, uh, chocolate oh, yeah. sampling, hot chocolate, fudge. Um, there's Rise. All, so they they get all loaded up and then they you send them back <laughs> home, eh? Oh, <laughs> we we yeah we they all jacked up on sugar down here. The nice thing for the parents though is again calories. And you probably don't know this, but at the distillery district and the Christmas market, calories don't count. So you can eat as much as you want, you can <laughs> drink as much as you want, and you we. Almost guarantee, almost, that you won't gain 
even announced. Nice. Matthew Rosenblatt, the executive director of the Toronto Christmas Market down at the Distillery District, uh, beginning now until December 23rd. Sounds like there's a lot going on. I just may have to pop my little head and uh, grab a glass of glue wine off you, my good friend. Real pleasure having you uh, on Hi-Fi Radio, and I'm delighted. I really am, Matthew. Delighted you've committed to Covenant House. Um, begin campaigning now. When can, can you start campaigning, campaigning now for 2019, or is it up on the website? Can you start collecting money? I don't think it's up yet, but I can... Uh, probably by spring of next year, we, we start campaigning again. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, but well, I won't forget you. I won't forget you either, Matthew. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. I, 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 I am committed, and, and if you want, I'm committed to get more people down there too. We do want. Yes, oh, we do, Matthew. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. That's great, man. You know, right, we, we have money. This is Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, it's better to give than to receive, because when you give, you do receive. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio will be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hurdle, your co-host, and we have a gold baron in my studio here, Rob McEwen. Uh, founder of Gold Corp, and now McEwen Mining. Um, beautiful human being, wonderful, wonderful, uh, shall I say, dossier and accreditation. Where's a list of honorary achievements you have received? Uh, Canadian Mining Hall of Fame inductee, the Weizmann Canada's Leading Man Award, Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Award. Did you meet the Queen? Yes. You met the Queen, that's cool. Order of Canada, most innovative CEO by Canadian Business Magazine, honorary Doctor of law degree from York, outstanding achievement award and philanthropy. That catches my attention right now because sitting on either side of you, my good friend, you're sandwiched between two sleepers. I'm a sleeper. You're a sleeper? I'm a sleeper and so is that lady beside you. Her mm-hmm. name is Jules Cly. She's a sleeper. Her and I slept on the streets of Toronto a couple of days ago for Covenant House. Wow, well, that'd be cold. It, it was it was not fun. It was uncomfortable. But uh, uh, as a collective, we raised just under a million dollars. And I see you yourself have donated with your wife, of course, fifty million dollars. I tip my hat to you, my friend. That's that's huge. Congratulations. Fifty Thank you. million dollars donated to charity. But it makes me cry. It's powerful because uh, I am going to be speaking about uh, how much we are supposed to uh, give to charity versus what we do. And there's a disconnect there as a people. Uh, Christians are supposed to give, uh, I think it's uh, up to 10% of their income to uh, charity. And we're in Christmas right mode, just had the Christmas market on. And um, uh, the people of the Muslim faith uh, are to give 2.5% of their net worth to charity. Mm. Uh, so uh, I think we have to all take, take up our game. And you, my friend, are leading by example. Uh, so I guess you found some gold in them hills after all. There's been some gold, but you there's found, bigger gold when you give. There is bigger gold when you give. Good for you. Good for you. It's very powerful. So let's talk about McEwen Mining. Um, I don't know how you're able to give $50 million when you have a salary of $1. Uh, what's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> when I was building Gold Corp, I was the largest individual shareholder. And then when I, and Mother Nature was very kind to <laughs> all those shareholders. So... When I was building McEwen Mining, I thought I'd like to take that one step further and be in this exactly the same position as all my share owners. So the only way I'm going to make money is by through a higher share price, and that's exactly the same way my shareholders will make money. So it, I've often thought of a corporation. The early ones were a group of people sitting around the table, and they all had an investment in the company or the enterprise, and they were all interested in trying to find ways to improve the value of their investment. We've gotten a long way from that today, 
and public companies aren't inhabited by people. There are a number of companies that don't have large investments in their company. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it really focuses your, your attention on what needs to be done. If, you can, if the company can generate capital, then it can create employment and it can share some of the bounty with the community. But if everybody's taking it out before it gets there, it's you're not achieving the purpose. We're trying to get. I'm trying to get Brett Wilson on the show. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Uh, speaking about just that, and uh, you know, if you have a bounty, you can share the bounty. But again, as you share the bounty, are you, I think, morally allowed to benefit from sharing that bounty? And uh, Brett Wilson would say yes, corporately. In other words, should you, if you give to charity as as a corporate steward, should the corporation then further benefit? And, and Brett Wilson believes you should, and I believe you should, because if you benefit further, then you're able to give even more the following year. True, true. Well, I mean, there's goodwill that's generated from it. There's, a, um, there's an, an emotion that comes out of giving. Um, you can look at your bank account and see a line on a page, and it has no emotion. But when you give, you can benefit many more, and there's an emotion there. Okay, Jules, have I not been pretty emotional over this whole company? I'm, I'm, I'm a bag of hammers. It's just a mess over this whole thing. It's just ripped my heart out because it, well, it caused me to walk in someone's shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to walk in. In fact, I know I don't want to walk in those shoes, but if, you know, when you're forced to, boy, oh boy, it rips your heart out. It hurts. It would, yeah. especially in the weather today. Yeah, uh, we were lucky. It was only at uh, zero degrees. Uh, just minus a, two. Minus two. with a bunch <laughs> of slush on the street. Uh, I'll have to tell you about my trip to Young Street uh, for my Q cheese at quarter to 12 that night. Oh, my God. That was a disaster. But um, back, back you, to you. wanted the full experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob McHugh is in studio, founder of Gold Corp, uh, now uh, uh, key shareholder, 25% shareholder of uh, McHugh and Mining. So you put up $160 million into your business, giving you a 24% stake. Is that uh, I'm seeing the math? Yes, it's. It's uh, 136 million is my cost on the equity, mm-hmm. and then in August I put another 25 million in by way of debt. So, is this a um, a production story or is this an exploration development story? It's a combination. Uh, we have three sources of production. We're producing in in Timmins, in uh, Mexico, and in Argentina, mm-hmm. and we're building a fourth mine in Nevada right now that'll be up and running in January. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, in terms of this whole charity thing, because I remember speaking to uh, to, to some folks from uh, Barrick Gold, and uh, gold mining uh, is a challenging business. Uh, there's there's an environmental environmental impact. Uh, there is a lot of permitting that requires political connections. And what I've learned about the industry, and especially some of the jurisdictions you end up doing business with, they do business a little different than they do in Canada. Uh, and of course, international law has to kick into gear here. But often you would see concessions made. Okay, we, we will allow you to extract the, the resource from our ground, but build us some schools and some hospitals. And th- I think that's a fair trade-off for the most part. Is that, is that typical in the business? In a lot of the countries you go into, there's the government doesn't put a lot of services in the communities you're in. Mm-hmm. So um, it's put on to you to build those. To, to, so to get, to get you talk about get services, you mean outside. like electrical services, roads? Um, just to get well, maybe paving roads or, you know, schools go up to a certain grade. Yeah. Uh, there's not as much in the way of police forces to ensure that the laws followed. Right. Um, you mentioned about uh, Argentina. Obviously, it's uh, relatively unstable there right now. Uh, fiscal, currency, stability issues. Uh, what are you finding, you know, with the, you know having boots on the ground? Well, there's a new government in there. They they started off really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they did weren't able to, 
I guess they were hoping to tame inflation quickly, and they weren't able to do that. It's persisting. Tried to clean up about 50% of the population works in some way for the government, so it's very hard to scale back some of those jobs, uh, which they need to because they have a lot of debt. Um, money started leaving the country, and they recently, well, when they came in, they took a tax off mineral exports and all exports, and they've just put it back on because they need for foreign currency. Um, hopefully, it won't last forever because it'll discourage lots of foreign investment. Argentina is largely an agricultural and industrial company, country. Right. I think of companies and countries the same way. We're, we have uh, Rob McEwen in the studio, a Canadian iconic uh, mining heavyweight, shall I say. It's a real honor for us to have such an uh, individual in our studio. Uh, we're going to pay some bills around here and get right back with Rob McEwen from McEwen Mining right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hi-Fi Radio. I don't know who that was. Uh, Brittany, who was that? Bruno Mars. That was Bruno Mars. He didn't get uh, to the 24 character. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there. Rob, Rob He's McE- still looking for it. Rob McEwen's <laughs> pick. Boy, you're, you're a young man there, Rob, uh, playing Bruno Mars. Uh, Rob McEwen, founder of Gold Corp uh, uh, and founder of um, McEwen Mining. Uh, symbol M-U-X, the old Moxie, Mox on the Toronto Exchange. Toronto yeah. and New York. Toronto and New York. New York listing as well. Oh. So, um... Let me ask you a couple of questions, Rob. Uh, are you more of a miner or a gold bug or neither? I'm one who pushes the limits. So ask why a lot. So I'd say um, gold has been infused into me from a very early age. My father was in the investment industry and in um, the mid 60s he started putting all his clients into gold. He thought there was something wrong with the monetary system. So gold was $35 an ounce, and um, 15 years later, it was $850 an ounce. So when you look at the world and you, our governments are very, um, they're very prone to addressing problems by borrowing money, spending money they don't have. And the debt loads gets bigger and bigger. The last time gold ran from basically $40 an ounce to $800 an ounce or a 20-fold increase was when the U.S. was the Vietnam War and then moving into an inflationary period. We're in a period today where we have even more debt than we've ever had before. Do you know, by the way, what the global debt is? Uh, the U.S. national debt is twenty trillion. Yeah. Uh, globally, I think we're up around fifty trillion. Is it fifty? My guess would have been eighty. Yeah, uh, yeah interesting. Enough. Eighty trillion, fifty trillion dollars. You think of global debt? How, and, and how much uh, mined gold exists on this planet? Oh, much, much smaller you know, you than know, that. It's a fraction of that, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. if, if you look at, there's one gold stock in the S and P five hundred, Newmont, mm-hmm. and the S&P represents 80% of all the public company value in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And Newmont's market cap is seven one-hundredths of 1%. Unbelievable. Seven one-hundredths. So 
It's not owned. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, incredible. Um, So the mining industry, it's a tough industry. And uh, again, 2000 to 2008, you were heroes. Everyone was a hero in gold and oil and copper and bitumen. We became experts in molybdenum and uh, potash and everything. Anything commodity, the world's got to eat. Uh, and off she went. But it's been since 2009 uh, an absolute challenge. Uh, well, actually, how, so actually, how you find the landscape right now? And I can tell you the bit of skepticism in what I've said, which is good. So uh, come back at me because you know more about gold, Rob, than I do. Can I give you an image? Please. You ever tried pushing a string? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, gold yeah. market's been something like that. The commodity market. The, yeah, yeah you're the pushing in- on a piece of string. There's been no feeling of a need for owning gold, that central banks will keep expanding the money supply, the yeah. governments will bail and, out and people. And sorry to interrupt, but then Bitcoin got and got into your party, and I think they took some thunder away from that, that gold. That was more of the, the speculative money, though. But it's the same, like, argue, the speculative same argument. speculative money in gold, but you know, the, the large cap gold producers are a little different than you know, uh, the, the small cap juniors. That's sort of the, the same crowd that you're talking with Bitcoin, I think. Bitcoin, I, I, I agree with Jack. It, it's it was an expression of the, the vast amount of money that's floating around in the world right now, and it was the speculative component of it that went in. Also, it was unregulated. Uh, there were no, res- no restrictions on the transfer of capital, so it became a vehicle for people to move money anywhere in the world without anybody knowing about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you have that too much money chasing too few goods, it becomes very speculative, and you saw what happened with Bitcoin last year. This time last year, it was... You know, going towards twenty thousand. It's I don't know. Last time I checked, it was around four thousand. Yes, four thousand bucks. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Again, it's, hard, it's harder to move uh, bars of gold around the world. Again, <laughs> I, I spoke to you when I was at the gold conference a few years ago, and I I, I described to you what a, a eight inch call it we'll call it a, a, eight inches by three inches by four inches. Uh, in other words, that gold bar I saw, and you said, "Well, if that was four four hundred ounces," you said, right? Well, that's a little bigger. It's about like this. The, the four hundred ounce bar. Yes, but you but, can but, get hundred ounce bars. But or... to pick that thing up, it, it weighed you say well, four hundred ounces, which is about thirty pounds. I think you indicated mm-hmm. thirty pounds. That's a, a, a lot. Of, what, what was that worth? That forty? What, what's the math on that? Uh, four hundred ounces, I guess, times a thousand, be forty thousand bucks, eh? Give mm-hmm. or take fifty thousand bucks is worth. So four hundred thousand dollars. So it's more than that. Oh, so it's five hundred. Because twelve hundred right now. Right, right, twelve hundred. Excuse me, I missed a a digit there. Yes, I I was. I I sleep on the street. See, that's that's what happens. (laughs) A lot of people don't appreciate. You have to add a zero or two on the value of gold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh goodness, Uh, Rob McEwen, a great, successful individual you are. Uh, Please keep giving to charity. Uh, Covenant House is in the house. Uh, Jules, we'd be happy to, 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 you know. Receive some, you know, support. No, nah, I'm kidding. You can uh, sleep on the street. Dave, you sleep on the Thank street. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you've traveled the world looking for some mines. I'm sure you've slept in some uh, less than desirable places too in your career, right? Eh? Um, no? It was more traveling after graduate school. I hopped in a converted army truck and we drove from Kathmandu or from London to Kathmandu and then spent another couple of months in Southeast Asia before coming home. Interesting. Wow. Slept in places. Yeah. You probably don't sleep again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. Thank you for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio. Rob McEwen, uh, McEwen Mining, symbol M-U-X. Uh, you certainly got a good uh, a good uh, steward uh, behind you with this one, I'll say. Uh, Come up next, we are going to speak with uh, Jules Clyde from Covenant House, uh, my fellow sleeper. We're going to talk all about our experience on the streets of Toronto right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. That reminds me of Sundays at 6 p.m. Dinner time. Ken, Walt Disney's about to start. Dinner time. 
Yes, the wonderful world of Disney. Uh, it is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, your co-host and producer of the show. Things don't go right, we blame Jack. And Gordon Nelson from Cineplex. He's a CFO of Cineplex, Inc. Yeah, no one goes to theaters anymore. They all say nonsense. Uh, Gord, thanks for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio. It is the season of Christmas. It's also the season to go to the movies, I guess, isn't it? It's a big, big time of the year for you guys. Well, thanks, Wolf, for having us. And, yeah. uh, you know, people are... Uh, attendance is up actually this year, so people are going out uh, to theaters more frequently, and um, you know there's something for everyone. But yeah, coming up into the Christmas season, there's a lot to look forward to. But uh, you know, even just recently, you know, whether you're a classic rock fan and uh, want to go see the Queen story in Bohemian Rhapsody, or um, a film like Crazy Rich Asians, which just kind of came out of nowhere and it's not kind of a a comic book sequel, um, you know, really dominating the box office. So there's a lot of a lot of products for everyone. But yeah, as we come into Christmas season, that's obviously the biggest uh, season for us. And uh, I heard the theme music there, and uh, you you chatted about uh, you know six o'clock dinner time on Sunday night. Uh, Mary Poppins is coming out this Christmas time, so there's something for you to see. What do you think of that, Jack? You can go to Mary Poppins with your daughter. That'll be fun. No? <laughs> sure. I guess I'll get dragged out there for sure. Hey, hey, uh, Gord, by the way, um, it is uh, the time to give. Uh, and we all have a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. And, you know, honestly, in terms of the physical giving at my household, just, you know, prior to having kids, we, we sort of toned it down because, you know, brothers and sisters giving, we ended that. But we began giving more to charity. I'm going back a, a little while. Anyway, so we have uh, Jules. She's a fellow sleeper of mine, uh, or I'm a fellow sleeper of hers. She, I'm probably a fellow sleeper of hers. She sits on the committee uh, for the executive sleep out with Covenant House. And she indicated to me that, in fact, Cineplex, too, uh, is philanthropic. Um, uh, and has a connection with uh, Covenant House. So can you uh, please say hello to Jules? And Jules, please say hello to Gordon Nelson, the CFO. He's, he's Hi, got Gordon. money. He's got money. You want to hit him up? Hi, uh, for, Hi uh, Jules. How are you? Um, well, we have, uh, you know, the guy, our chief operating officer, who's two offices down from me, Dan McGrath, uh, lives on the board of Covenant House. Um, so we definitely, he has slept out many evenings. I'm he hasn't slept out with you one night, but uh, he did. Everyone slept out with Jules, my friend. <laughs> oh, that's not <laughs> nice. The covenant was. And then we have something else that you can maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, Wolf, whether you participate in, but we there's a guts and glory champ uh, competition in February, typically around February. Uh, which is really an obstacle course challenge. So okay, hold on. Jack, myself, pay attention. Hold on. Keep going. My, <laughs> myself included participated in our team on uh, on that fundraiser for Covenant House. Jack, guts and glory. You're you're a blood and guts kind of a guy being an ex-captain. <laughs> in the Army. This is perfect. Wolf's always looking for the glory, but I don't know. About... Yeah, well, yeah, Jack, <laughs> Jack's looking for the guts. And, and, but Jack trained me how to sleep up. For, he, he, you know, he trained me and prepared me for this covenant house sleep up. Hence, you know, a little thing I put in between my cardboard. Joe, that was Jack's actually. She saw that. I took a piece of cardboard and Jack gave me this little mat. Thin and I, and, and so my little thin slit mat and I put in between a little duct tape. Jack, Jules, like she was a cop. She inspected my my my, my bag. I, mean, I showed up at Ryerson. In, in, was, in a foot of snow. Wolf, what's that? Oh, you used duct, Wolf, duct tape? No duct tape. <laughs> it oh, was so transparent. My goodness me. I'm a, I'm a transparent guy. <laughs> Jack and I believe in transparency. So uh, <laughs> enough fun and games here, Gord. Well, congratulations for being a, being a, a participant in Covenant House as well because it, it is very, very important that we all give back as individuals and as corporations. And when you give, you get even more, my good friend. So um, back to having fun in the movies. Uh, let's talk about millennials. Um, millennials, my, my good friend, perhaps they get a bad rap, perhaps they don't, but Jack is telling me that 
there is a group of individuals out there, like kids and adults, who will use Uber Eats to have popcorn from Cineplex delivered to their home to watch a movie at home. No way. Uh, Gordon, is this, is, this, is this a myth or is this true? No, this is absolutely true. And, and look, at we, we also have an online platform called the Cineplex Store where you can buy or rent uh, movie content. And so, yeah, we, we will sell food offerings. We will sell bundles of, so you can have a night at home if you want a movie and, and real movie theater popcorn. Um, it's, been very, it's been a very interesting launch. It sounds like a good deal. Um, Excuse me, I'm back up. My kids are doing hot air at home. It's broken, but I've had the thing for 50 years. And a little duct tape will fix that little hot air popper of mine. <laughs> uh, I'm cheap. What can I say? I want to give my money to Coven House, but that's cool. How much for a bag of popcorn delivered to your home? Extra butter? So it's the same Warm. price as in the theater. Um, you know, there's obviously a, a bit of an Uber Uber delivery fee on top. Yeah, of so that. All, all in tip and tip. What are you What are you talking? Twenty buck? You're in that, and if you want to get a movie too, he's um, not going to make us the truth. Twenty bucks. Oh my god, that's that's good, Gord. That's good. good and, and is it? Hey, a, is it? Hold on. Is it a growing part of your business? Is this the most important thing? Are people actually you using know, it? The one thing is, is it that you know what it's totally incremental it's not cannibalizing the business you know um as as from an interesting story perspective is you know we launched uh, i guess it was in london ontario right around exam time um and it was remarkable kind of the late night orders that were coming in from the students and uh that is so funny um, that is so funny god i love it my god when my kids go to university i'm gonna watch their Check uh, us a little closer. Uh, hang around with us, Gordon Nelson, CFO of Cineplex. Jack and I own the stock. Uh, we got a few words we have to have with you, my good friend. Uh, it's been a little tough go over the last couple of weeks, so defend your position first, which I know you can. I'm just teasing you here. But uh, let's go to the movies on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Life would be sunny. Back after this, you're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. That is from the record making movies. And, well, we got Cineplex Inc. in the studio. Symbol is CGX on the Toronto Stock Exchange, a stock Jack and I own for our clients. A little no, good dividend on the stock, uh, 6.7 yield after the stock had a pullback. Yes, dividends go up when prices fall. Looks a little bit more attractive. Gordon Nelson, the CFO, is on the line with us to talk to us about, well, this, the change in trends in millennials and, well, Staying at home and ordering a bag of popcorn via Uber Eats. Uh, come on, guys, get out of the house. Go see a movie. Enough of the couch and your Snapchatting activities that you guys are all. That, that is a different level of like laziness, Wolf. Yeah, it, sure. it's, it's, it? it's taken it to another level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Gord, uh, CFO of uh, Cineplex, uh, what happened? Your, your stock got whacked the last couple of days. Um, fill us in. Yeah. So look at um, you know we had in the core businesses and in the emerging business we had. You know, we had great results year to date. Um, you know, we're up in, you know, uh, the majority of our revenue streams, we're up in adjusted EBITDA up 11.8%, total revenues up 5.1%. You know, in the quarter, we had some records for, you know, average box office per patron, our average ticket price, the concession spending were records, record margins at our rec rooms. Um, so lots of good news. The media business was a little bit soft and, um, you know, we had some, yeah, that was what down 9% year over year. 
Yeah, the media business actually just during the quarter it was down twenty six percent. So, and when you say media, you're talking about uh, ads, right? So, you, cinema, I think... yeah, cinema media. So, um, and we've had these kind of bumps before historically. I mean, we were up twelve uh, percent in the second quarter. Um, you know, you get some timing issues, you get some campaign shifting around. We've we've had quarters like this before where we've actually been down more and rebounded back the the next year. So, um, you know, there is a bit of cyclicality to the spend in the media business, but uh, there's lots of positive news in the other businesses, some one-time hits, and um, I think some of the one-time, you know, uh, one-time charges were unexpected, and the market penalizes you for not hitting expectations. So, lots of good news. Um, the one media challenge that we've had before historically is out there, um, but there was, a, as you guys noted an adverse reaction. Mm-hmm. So, Gord, are you seeing a, a secular trend uh, that you're, you're picking up on just with, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people moving to digital? Uh, they're looking at, you know, Facebook and even Amazon now for a lot of their ad spend. Yeah, look, at the one thing that we deliver, and it's funny that you were chatting about millennials, is, um, look, we have a, a very attractive um, target audience that we provide to advertisers. Um, you know, we t- tend to provide a captive market um, and in a very um, you know high profile atmosphere, um, and it's and it's difficult to reach people otherwise. I mean, people are being bombarded by messaging, whether it's online, mobile, um, you know, um, or through print or wherever that is. It's how does an advertiser kind of get above the noise that's out there? And cinema certainly delivers that. So, okay, there's more avenues of spend today. Um, you know, mobile and online. You know didn't exist to the level it does, you know, a number of years ago and definitely showing strong growth. But as far as a compelling reach um, and a, a, uh, an ad that delivers impact, there's nothing like the cinema. So Yeah. Let's talk about two other categories uh, within your company. Um, sure. Number one, food service. Jack brought it up. Uh, popcorn versus A&W veggie burger. Uh have you considered perhaps changing menu to changing lifestyles uh, and, uh, you know, going a little more health conscious? And I don't know if that would sell. I don't know if kids, uh, Jack wants to take his yeah, kids, it's, and have, it's, Jack it's, wants to take his kids to the movies and have him eat an apple. Uh, uh, that's not my idea. That's probably my wife's, but uh, they're certainly more conscientious, I think, than they were 10 years ago about uh, what, what kids are eating, right? Yeah, well, McDonald's is going yeah. out of business after all, Jack and I. McDonald's, when McDonald's <laughs> starts serving apples, you might want to look at your menu, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, a number of years ago we started adding uh, sort of more, more healthy-based options, and, and we continue to have those today. Um, but we, what we found is customers don't want those. Um, you know, this yeah. is an indulgent experience. They don't go out. You know, an average Canadian go to movies about four and a half times a year, um, and it's about an indulgence. That sounds high. The average Canadian goes four and a half times a year to a movie? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, we had, um, I don't know if you know, we had the Kinmount Theater. I uh, called the Kinmount Theater. I'm not sure what the name of the theater is called. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know the exactly famous one, yeah. Yeah, the fa- yeah. It was, oh, that was such a fun interview. So uh, I was actually thinking of bringing him on you versus him, uh, David and Goliath. Uh, yeah. Your market share uh, in Canada, my guess you're about 90% of box office sales? No, it's about 77%. 77? Jack, you, you guessed that well. You said Jack said 70 to 80. I thought closer to 90. But so, you, so you are a dominant, dominant player in this space. Let's talk about the diversification strategy briefly. Uh, the rec room. Um, I haven't been to the rec room, but uh, there is one close to what to the Air Canada Centre. And Well, you're creating a bit of a buzz around it. So what's what's that concept all about and how's it working out? Look at it. It's, again, the target audience for the rec room is actually millennials. Since, you know, that seems to be a common theme here this morning. 
Um, you know, when you think about, um, you know, where they live, how they crave experiences, um, you know, they live in kind of smaller condos. If they want to get together with friends, it's what they crave to do and share experiences, whether it's online or in person. Um, the rec room is there to deliver that. It's food and beverage, upscale casual food and beverage. It's a, a huge assortment of entertainment options, including amusement gaming, live entertainment, and the premier kind of VR experience that's out there today called The Void. Um, and so it's really some, there's something for everyone. If you wanted to go and dance, if you wanted to just have eat, drink, watch a sport, and watch a game, um, or if you wanted to play amusement games or have one of these state-of-the-art VR experiences, there's something for everyone. So, yeah, the rec room's down at the uh, sort of the base of the CN Tower in the old uh, roundhouse building. Is it just one location? We have five rec rooms today across the country, um, and we're, we're bringing out a concept called the Palladium next year, which is targeted a bit more towards the teen and family audience, but, you know, making sure that we're friendly for millennials. Um, it'll be a little bit of a smaller box, and those will be coming to... Uh, two communities next year. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting that you talk about millennials because it's funny because Jules, my fellow sleeper, of course, her target audience is millennials as well. But those who don't get to go to the movies, they get to sleep on the streets. So it's, 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 it's just incredible, this whole conversation is how juxtaposed it is. I'm glad you're supporting Covenant House. Uh, we're going to keep supporting your stock. We're not going to punch you, my good friend. Uh, is our dividend safe? You're not going to cut the dividend on us? Okay, we've been um, an income. We were an income fund in 2003. Yeah. You know, at that time under that model, you know, 100% of your cash flow went out to uh, uh, your shareholders in the forms of dividends. Today, uh, you know, the way we look at it is our operating cash flow, that's our maintenance capex. We're actually only sending out about 70% of So we're, we're, we're good then, 70%. Yeah, we're keeping 30% for growth. Good for you. And give a little bit to charity. Uh, Gordon Nelson, CFO, Cineplex. Uh, symbol on the Toronto Stock Exchange is CGX. Full disclosure, Jack and I own it in our portfolios. We own it personally as well. Uh, we are talking our book, uh, Buyer Beware. Jules, the on the committee of Covenant House for the executive sleepout is in studio, as you all know. We're going to talk to her about our experience sleeping on the streets of Toronto right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto, Global News. Jack Hartle, producer of the show, co-host of the show, Wolfgang Klein, here for the cause. And I'm with my fellow sleeper. We have been for the last hour of the show, uh, Jules Steele. Um, she's also the founder of Beachhead. Beachhead is a successful uh, uh, IT recruitment service in Toronto. Um, very, very successful entrepreneur. Uh, very proud of Jules' efforts and uh, has a family of four kids? Three. Three kids plus Andrew makes five. Um, so <laughs> she's a busy lady running her business, big family, and yet uh, she takes time out of her life to also commit to Covenant House, not just financially, not just by sleeping on the street, but uh, by being on the committee for the executive sleep. Uh, so that's now become a basically a year-round job for you. Uh, yeah, we start out uh, basically in the spring and then we work until late fall. Yeah. 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 It's great to see you giving back, Jules, um, at such a young age. And uh, it's great. It's wonderful. I, I commend you for it. So uh, Covenant House, uh, did we hit the million dollar mark with our with our sleep out? Pretty close. Very close. 
Very, yeah. very close. I did the math when I uh, we had uh, Bruce Rivers on the show last week with Jack. Jack pulled out the calculator. Uh, your $30 million budget, Jules, works out to a cost of $83,000 a day to run Covenant House. $83,000 a day to run Covenant House. A day. Um, so, you know, people commended me for raising just over 42000 I thank every one of you who gave. Uh, yes, I raised $42,000 for the event, and people are still donating as we speak, and you can continue to donate. Just go to Covenant House's website, uh, Executive Sleepout. Look for Wolfgang Klein. If you don't like my mug, Jules, much prettier. Jules Steele, you can give to her too. Um, so it's good. We continue to uh, collect and give. But the, 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 the problems don't go away, Jules. Uh, that is the problem. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we're little heroes, you and I, but uh, it's not enough. And, yeah. and, and and so I said to Jack, uh, I said, Jack, we as Canadians don't give enough money to charity. I don't give enough money to charity. I'm guilty. And as such, the Muslims, as indicated, uh, uh, are to give 2.5%. Um, the Christians, the tith uh, is 10% of income, and the same amount is the, in the Jewish tradition, 10%. Uh, Canadians fall short of that. The average Canadian donation is about $400. If the average Canadian income is about $40,000, Wow. Um, they're falling short. Uh, so I, I, I beg all of you to to uh, give. And there's multiple causes. If it's not Covenant House, please, there's Salvation, Salvation Army. There, I spoke with, um, uh, again, you got me going on this. I'm glad. I thank you for that, Jules. But I spoke with the Vertex Funds, Jack, uh, the, the lead portfolio manager. It's, it's a hedge fund out in Vancouver. And uh, they began uh, getting together. It's called Brotherhood. Uh, Six men committed to $50,000 donation a year to bring troubled youth together on a Friday after school into a gymnasium to talk about stuff. Keep them off the streets, talk about stuff. And they said it's become a movement and it's growing. And these men each year write a check for 50000 bucks to keep troubled youth out of trouble. And, yeah, it, work, and I, it works. I think uh, money is good, uh, but mentorship as well. To youth is is really valuable. Well, again, in, in doing the thing for, for Covenant House, people said, "Wolf, eighty three thousand dollars a day. Come on, it doesn't it doesn't make sense?" I start to think about it. It makes perfect sense because guess what? You're not just a hotel, Jules, or Covenant. It's not a hotel. No, there's doctors. There is care. There, these kids are coming in with serious problems, and therefore they need serious attention. It costs money. Yeah. So it's Christmas. It's time to give. Uh, I'm getting soft, and that's okay. Okay. I want to thank you for listening to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Real pleasure. Have yourself a great weekend. Uh, it's a zoo out there. Uh, get a head start. Don't forget the Christmas market is only open until the 23rd. But you know something? If you don't know what to give, give to Covenant House, and uh, you'll feel good. Uh, God bless. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.